Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And a very good Friday evening, everybody. Joe Beningo back with you again, the Older Pain Podcast. It is Friday. It is August 19th. It is 2022. And the Joe Beningo Older Pain Podcast is brought to you by our good friends, of course, at the Hackensack Brewing Company. We'll be, we'll be there for our next live podcast coming up on uh, September the 9th. It'll be our one-year anniversary show. And don't forget to check it out. Uh, Brian Costello of The uh, Post. And, of course, John Jastrzemski will uh, join us there at Hackensack Brewing Company. And, of course, I need a tire. I need a discount tire in uh, Ridge, Ridgewood, in Rivervale. Not Ridgewood, Rivervale, uh, New Jersey, uh, on Westwood Avenue. Check out my son, Johnny, and, of course, his boss, Ari. All right. I am one ticked-off Met fan today. Last night was the perfect example of why I am as big a Met fan as I am. I am no big fan of Jacob DeGrom. And we saw it again last night. Typical, typical, typical DeGrom start and outing. And typically, the Mets lose the game. This is what makes me crazy last night, okay? He's pitching well. It's a 2-2 game. Give up two runs in the third inning, whatever it was. Okay, fine. Mark Canna, who is suddenly red hot. With the uh, you know since Tyler Naquin made his appearance with the uh, with the Mets and he had a, he had a big series in Atlanta. There's no doubt about it. Uh, hit a big home run last night. Had a double as well. It's a two run home run that ties the game at two two. So it's a two two game <clears throat> as we go to the uh, the uh, bottom of the of the seventh inning. And stunningly enough, Big Jake is actually still pitching. Whoa, set, he's in the seventh inning. He gets the first two guys out. And then this kid, what's the kid's name? Uh, Grissom, this rookie that really has been very good for the Braves, no doubt about it. This kid Grissom, Vaughn Grissom, I think that's his name. He hits a shot to third. Brett Beatty, the rookie, who's looked really good the first couple of days, especially at bat. Uh, you know, he looks like a real, a really already a seasoned kid. Can't make the play at third. It's an infield hit. And immediate now, now DeGrom <clears throat> is up to 95 pitches. So there's two out, one on. It's a 2-2 game. 95 pitches, two out in the seventh inning. And, of course, Buck's got to take him out. Why the hell can't this guy stay in the damn game and get that last out of the seventh inning? No, I can't do that because Jake has already thrown 95. You know, we can't let him We can't let, let him pitch another five, uh, five uh, pitches. God forbid he gets to 100 because then his arm's going to freaking fall off. So we got to take him out. And God forbid Jake sits there and says, hey, wait a minute, Buck. No, this is my guy. Let me get this guy. And that's what should have freaking happened. Because you knew the minute Lugo, he stinks Lugo. The minute Lugo came into the game, they were losing. You knew this. You freaking knew it. I was on the phone moments after this with Joey and Clark. We are both freaking screaming about this. And, of course, Lugo gives up the base hit to Harris on a play that – it's a hit-and-run play. So Grissom is running from first on the, on, the, uh, on the pitch. Harris singles up the middle and actually 
uh, Grissom scores all the way from first base, and the Braves take a 3-2 lead, and that's how they basically won the game. I am so goddamn sick and tired of watching them baby this guy because they baby the hell out of him. Okay, let's be real. He's so babied. I'm tired of it. And the guy, can the guy say, no, no, this is my batter. Let me get this guy out. Nah, can't do that. We got to see Lugo. And let's be honest, I hate to swear, but the shitty freaking bullpen that the Mets have. And they were even lucky to win the one the, the one game they won in this series, the other night, the 9-7 win behind Scherzer, okay? And I had no issue with Buck taking Scherzer out when he did. The guy was, you know, he was walking guys. He didn't make that play on that little ground ball that hurt him, whatever. But even the game they won the other night, the 9-7 win, you saw how bad the bullpen is. The bullpen stinks. Anybody in this bullpen that is not named Edwin Diaz stinks, okay? Absolutely, unequivocally stinks. They Adovino comes in the game the other night, and what does he do? He promptly gives up that three-run home run to Grossman to turn a 6-2 game into a 6-5 game. Actually wound up giving up four runs in that inning after Scherzer came out. They weren't all charged to Adovino, but Adovino <clears throat> gives up that three-run home run to Grossman. And if not for a terrific throw by James McCann, which is probably because we know McCann's an automatic out. I know he did get a double last night. I almost fell down when he got a double in the eighth inning. And, you know, it looked like the Mets had a chance again, but of course they couldn't They couldn't uh, get the run in to tie the game. God forbid they do. But James McCann, who basically is an automatic out, as a matter of fact, James McCann, you almost want the pitcher to still be able to hit. That's how bad McCann is. It's like you still got the pitcher hitting with him. He's so bad. But whatever. The best thing that the best thing that we have seen James McCann do all damn year was throw out uh, Ronald Acuna trying to steal in the uh, the game they won the other night with Adovino on the mound to get out of the inning with the Mets still leading at six to five. That was a tremendous throw. I, I couldn't believe he got him by a you know I won't say what by a hair. I won't say what kind of hair. But uh, but so, so but he barely gets him. Okay. And the Mets are leading 6-5. Thank God for that. And then, and I'm going back. I'm, I'm talking about Wednesday now, not the game they lost last night, the game they won. And then Buck goes to Diaz, uh, who, you know, comes in against in the eighth inning. He puts Buck, he, Buck puts him in in the eighth inning because all the big hitters are coming up for, you know, Swanson's up and Riley and Olsen and all those guys. So he wants him for those guys. And, of course, Diaz comes in, and Diaz does what he's done all year. Ten pitches, out of the inning, nothing, and the Mets are still up 6-5. to five. And Buck was probably going to go to Diaz in the ninth inning for a six-out save, okay, for, which would have been fine with me, especially after only threw ten pitches. But the Mets score three runs in the top of the ninth inning. So now, instead of it being a 6-5 game, it's a 9-5 game. So Buck says, ah, you know what? We'll leave Diaz alone. Well, let's put the uh, on the the just wonderful Trevor May in the game, another guy who absolutely stinks. And May does everything he possibly can to to basically try to blow the game. But the Mets do hang on. He gets Acuna with as a tying run, who hits a ball to right center field that's run down in the gap by Stalling Mate, and the Mets win that game nine to seven. And so thank God they won that game. And you know they take one out of four in the series. The Braves take three out of four. But last night, this is why I would, getting back to DeGrom, this is why I would not pay freaking Jacob DeGrom a dime. I don't think he wants to be here. I really don't. I I just don't get the impression he wants to stay here with the Mets. Fine, great, whatever. But 
They, you know, too many times, as good as this guy is, it doesn't translate into a win. And aren't you sick and tired of that? I'm I'm tired of all the you know when Max Scherzer pitches, you know it generally translates into a win. He's nine and two. It doesn't happen that way with Jacob Degrom. And Degrom never, you never see Degrom say, no, 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 I got, leave, I'm not coming out. Can I see that one time from this guy? Nah, nah. Time to get out. Little infield roller, Buck takes him out. He couldn't let him pitch to that one last guy to get out of the damn seventh inning. And maybe if he does and gets out of the inning and it's still 2-2, maybe the Mets wind up winning this damn game. What a disgrace. I, I, I'm so pissed off. They I, Really, I'm, I'm so tired. It's the same over and over again. The Grand pitch is great, you know. The guys on SNY, Gary Cohen, you know, can't, you know, he can't kiss the Grom's ass more than he does. I mean, he can't, I mean, every, oh my God. I mean, after a while you want to vomit. You know, the Grom's the greatest pitcher that ever lived. He's better than Koufax. He's better than Gibson. He's better than Siva. He's better than Marischal. He's better than Pedro. He's better than Randy Johnson. He's better than Clayton Kershaw. We go on and on. He's better than Greg Maddox. You name the guy. He's better, right? Okay, I mean whoever whoever the guy maybe I'm sure I'm missing you know whoever all the the great he's better than uh, Cy Young he's better than all the way back better than Cy Young Christy Mathewson he's better than these guys of course <laughs> Lefty Grove Bob Feller you name it the Grom's better okay they got every little stat in the world the one problem is the guy's a six inning pitcher I couldn't believe he actually pitched into the damn seventh inning yesterday. I really, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm delirious. I'm delirious. The guy's the greatest six-inning pitcher that ever lived, okay? Let's let's be honest about it. Let's be honest about it. I'm tired of hearing it's a different game. Yeah, I know it's a different game. And you know what? It's not a better game. They can't win. To, they can't wait to get the crappy bullpen in there to blow the game. And that's been the way it's been forever and ever and ever, okay, with this guy. He pitches great. The Mets don't score enough. And then the bullpen blows the game. That's it. That's been the recipe for how many years with Big Jake, the greatest pitcher that ever stepped on the goddamn face of the earth. <laughs> I, I really, I, 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 I'm, I'm disgusted. To me, that was the worst loss of the year by the Mets last night. Thank God they won that one game. You know, they get out of Atlanta, even though they lose three out of four. First time all year they've lost a series in division. That's the first time it's happened all year. They still have a 9-7 lead in the season series against Atlanta. They finished the season in Atlanta with three games. That could be for the division with the division title on the line. So at least they get out of Atlanta, three and a half in front, four in the loss column. And now they go to Philly to play the, the Phillies who have been hot. Now the Mets beat them two out of three last weekend, right, at, at City. But this is the toughest stretch of the schedule for the Mets right now. They got... Three coming up in Philly against the Phillies. And isn't it interesting that Syndergaard was supposed to pitch on Sunday and they pushed him back? That happened when he was with the Angels, too. It seems like Syndergaard doesn't want to pitch against the Mets. You get that feeling, right? When he was with the Angels, they pushed him. He was supposed to pitch against the Mets. They pushed him back. Now he's on a different team. He's supposed to pitch against the Mets this weekend. And they pushed him back again. It's like Syndergaard, two different teams. Syndergaard doesn't want to pitch against the Mets. Let's be honest about it. It's, you know, you can say it's curious. Well, let's call it like it is. The guy freaking doesn't want to pitch against them. Case closed. <laughs> All right, whatever. 
So now they they got three games coming up against the Phillies in Philadelphia. Huge. Philly right now is is would make the playoffs right now if the season ended. They're in a wild card spot. Season ended today. All right. Then they go to the stadium to play two against the reeling Yankees. How about the Yankees? Oh my God. The Yankees records in June and in July, not June, July and August is 17 and 25 after they lost nine to two last night to Toronto. And they were lucky. The one game they won this week, they were lucky. The game Donaldson hit the grand slam after the in the 10th inning after the Rays had scored three in the top of the 10th to take a 7-4 lead. And then uh, Josh Donaldson hit probably the biggest hit the Yankees have gotten all year, hitting that grand slam to at least win that game. And then they back it up last night and get blown out by Toronto. Frankie Montas, he's looked good so far, huh? He's had two starts for the Yankees. He got rocked in both of them, one by the Cardinals and now last night by Toronto. The Yankees, I know they got an eight, nine game lead in the division. The Yankees are in a little trouble. But anyway, getting back to the Mets, the Yankees play the Mets. Mets play the Yankees at the stadium on Monday and Tuesday, right? And then they play the Rockies at home. And okay, a little breather with Colorado. And then here come the Dodgers, only the best team in baseball, certainly record wise right now. Record wise right now, all right? They got four against the Dodgers at City. So this is the toughest stretch of the schedule for the Mets. And make no make no bones about this. What are they, 33 games over? They're 76 and 43, which is tremendous. And if they were in any other division in baseball, any other division in baseball, the Mets would have a 9-10 game lead in the division. But they just happen to be in the division with the defending world champions who, you know, along with the Mets, the Astros, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Braves, those are the top five teams in baseball right now. Are they not? I don't think there's any doubt. Or the Yankees certainly haven't been playing that way. If they were in a division with any other team, they'd have a double-digit lead more than likely, at least nine games uh, in their division. But they're not. They're in a the, they're in, they're in, they're in the division with, like I said, you know, the defending world champion Braves, who even without Freddie Freeman have basically not missed a beat this year. They're certainly making the playoffs, and they'll be a, de- a, a difficult team to deal with in the playoffs. So the Mets are, Mets are in their roughest stretch of the year at this point. Roughest stretch of the year. And they get out. At least they got that one win in Atlanta. But now they got to go back to, you know, t- at least win two out of three in Philly. At least win one game at Yankee Stadium. Could win both. The Mets have hit well in Yankee Stadium. They always seem to hit well there. And speaking of that, you know, one thing that's going on, I know he got that big hit the other night. In the ninth inning, in the game they won in Atlanta, Pete Alonso had two-run single, but he's not hitting at all. He hasn't hit a home run in ages. He's been stuck on 29 home runs for like a month now, right? 29 home runs, and he's got 29 homers and 99 RBIs, but he's been stuck on 29 home runs for a long time. He's fishing after that, that, that breaking ball outside. I mean, how many times in the Atlanta series did we see Pete go fishing for a pitch freaking 10 feet outside, breaking ball 10 feet outside that he, he couldn't hit with a fishing pole? I mean, you got, I mean, come on. So he really hasn't hit right now. He's not really hit. And the Mets really didn't hit much in his series. I mean, let's be honest. They lost They, they lost 13 to 1 the first game of the series against Atlanta. They got shut out in the second game, 5 nothing. They got the nine runs in the game they won. And last night they scored two runs on that two-run home run by Cannon and had a, a number of opportunities where they didn't score. As a matter of fact, there was a point early in the game when they had runners at first and third. I don't think there was anybody out, right? First and third. Excuse me, runner at second. Canna, that's right. Canna had doubled. So they had a runner at second, nobody out. And the kid Beatty's up. And I'm telling you, as a, this kid looks like he's really a polished kid. He's got a great swing. Obviously hit the big two-run home run the other night 
in the uh, 9-7 victory uh, in his first ever Met at, Met at bat, became the fifth Met in the history of the franchise uh, to hit a home run in their first at bat. You know, it's funny just to, uh, to back up on that. The first guy ever to do it was a very nondescript Met by the name, an outfielder by the name of Benny Ayala. And he did it in 1974. I think it was August of 74 at Shea. I was actually there for that game. I was there. I'll never forget it. Benny Ayala will hit the only Met ever. At that point, he became the first Met ever to hit a home run in his first Met at bat. Uh, now Beatty has been the, is the fifth guy. I think it's Benny Ayala. Uh, who was it? Mike Fitzgerald. Kaz Matsui. Remember he hit that opening day against the Braves in Atlanta that time? Uh, Mike Jacobs. And now it's Beatty. And let's be honest, I mean, I don't know if that bodes well for Beatty because it's not exactly a who's who of great Mets that have done this. So, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm very, I'm going all over the place here with my baseball team, but I'm very upset today because I was a terrible loss last night. Maybe the worst loss of the year, I thought. And I'm sick and tired of seeing these typical DeGrom games that never translate into victories. Rarely do they. And it's the same formula. DeGrom pitches to a certain pitch count. Can't go any farther. God forbid they bring in the crummy bullpen and they blow it. And let's be all honest. They all, everybody in the biggest problem this Met team has is they have no, the bullpen stinks outside of Edwin Diaz. Diaz has been unbelievable. Should be right in the conversation with Sandy Alcantara and this guy gossling with the Dodgers for the Cy Young Award in the National League. He should be right there. He's had just an unconscious year. But every other guy in that bullpen is terrible. Lugo stinks. Adovino stinks. Uh, Trevor May stinks. Go right on down the line. Joely Rodriguez stinks. Name you, you throw the guy at me. Michael Gibbons, who actually I couldn't believe this. I almost had a, I, I almost fell down. They're down three two last night in the eighth inning, and Buck goes to Michael Gibbons basically because there's nobody else. He couldn't you know Adovino and May were you know uh, were unavailable from the night before. So they weren't coming in. He goes to Michael Gibbons. He actually strikes out the side in the eighth inning to keep it a three-two game. I know I, I had to touch my, I had to touch my head. I couldn't believe it. But all these guys freaking stink. They stink, and that's their biggest Achilles' heel: the crappy, shitty Met bullpen with everybody not named Edwin Diaz. So I'm aggravated today. And you know, now the next time, now the Grom's next start is going to be against the Yankees Tuesday night at the stadium. Is he going to be? Is he going to pitch? Can he throw 100 pitches in that game? Can freaking Jake throw 100? The poor baby that is on my freaking fall off. You know, I, if I was the Mets, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't really be that worried about it because you know what? He's going to leave. He's going to freak. I'm telling you, this guy is bolting after the year. And all I want to see is him help my team win a goddamn World Series. And then you can go wherever the hell you want. You can go to Atlanta. You can go to the Dodgers. You can go to the Yankees. I don't care. I know there's a lot of Mets fans that say, all right, Meningo, you're out of your mind. No, I'm not. No, I don't care. He could go, I don't give a damn. Let him go there. I don't care. Win me a World Series this year. And that's it. My wife's going, not the Yankees. Wait, will he be better in Atlanta or Philadelphia? Win me win me a goddamn World Series and you can go wherever. You can go play for the uh, Umori Giants in Japan. I could really care. I could really care if he wants him to go west. You'd like to see him go like to Seattle. But what? But whatever, wherever. All right. I know it's blasphemy. Is oh, how could you not love Jake? Well, I don't, and I'll never look at Jake because he's a, basically a six inning pitcher who can't wait to get his ass out of the game. Okay, I'm sorry. He'll never be Siva. He'll never be Doc. He'll never be Jerry Kuzman. He'll never be any of these guys. Never, 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 never. 
Never in my mind will he be Max Scherzer even. So I'm pissed off today, and you can get aggravated with me all you want about Big Jake. Oh, Big Jake. We love Big Jake. You love to watch him pitch, right? Great. You like to like to see the team lose as well? I like to know what his overall, I don't know what it is. In games DeGrom has started as a Met, what is the overall record of the Mets in the games he started? Not his overall record, the overall record of the team. And last night was the same old, freaking same old. Pitch is great, has to come out, X amount of pitches, can't get that last guy out in the seventh inning, can't do that. Got to go to the bullpen and bring the crap in, and the crap gives the game up. Unbelievable. All right. Joe Beningo, the Oda Pain Podcast, and I got a lot. I'm painful today. I'm so tired of it with, with this guy and, and with this with the Gronk. And, and boy, oh, boy, I mean, and, on, and honestly, seriously, you almost want to vomit watching these games because, and there's another word I would use, but Gary Cohn, he, 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 he falls over himself. You know, telling you just how great Jake is, how we're witnessing greatness, and how we've never seen this before, <laughs> and on and on, and then they lose. Great. All right. Now, my sponsor's coming up. All right. The Hackensack Brewing Company. I mentioned that coming up on uh, Friday, uh, September 9th, we will have our next live broadcast from the Hackensack Brewing Company. Brian Costello with the Post will be there. He'll break down the Jets, get ready for the Jets season. Uh, we'll also have the great John Jastrzemski there. Uh, JJ will cry about how the Yankees uh, are playing playing terrible baseball, if they still are at that point. And, of course, they'll tell you how the Dolphins are winning 11 games as well. Of course they are. But nevertheless, the so they'll be there on September 9th for the next uh, live Oda Payne podcast. They're going to break out a new beer, the Oda Payne beer. Now, I don't know anything about it. All I know is the only thing I know about the Oda Payne beer is I can't drink it because I got a, a horrific stomach. And because I get the gout. So, and I got a very busy weekend because I'll be doing, I'll be, the following day is will be the, the premiere of the Joe Beningo, Evan Roberts Saturday show on the fan. And then, of course, the Jet Open is Sunday. I'll be there against the Ravens. Uh, Joe Flacco will be starting. I actually feel better about him with Flacco starting, but we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, and, of course, that Monday I'll be uh, on with BT, Brandon Tierney, and Tiki Barber. Uh, breaking down the jet game, a regular spot is going to be on the fan on that Monday. But anyway, so September 9th, our next foray at the wonderful Hackensack Brewing Company. It's located 10 minutes off the GW Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4, Hackensack's Fairmont neighborhood. Go see the great Mike Jones, Herb, TJ, Andre, everybody, cast of thousands to Olmish Booker. The tap room's open from 4.30 to 10 on Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 on Sunday. Uh, 78 Johnson Avenue, Hackensack, right behind the tombstones. And I always say, go check the tombstone out of this woman. I forget her name, but she's alive yet, so don't feel bad. They got a picture of her on there. She got, she, you know, she's got a tombstone all set, so it's ready to go just in case. You never know. And on the bottom of it, it says, I'm dead, now what? <laughs> and I think that's that's just great. I really do. I really do. What's next? What's next? No, I think it's, it says, now what? I don't think it's no, what's next. Oh, yeah, oh, my wife's saying what's next. I, but it does say, now what? All right, anyway, also, go if you need anything done with your car, I just had a little issue with my muffler. It turned out it was just a muffler clamp. I went to Johnny and, and Ari at, at uh, Anita Tire, Anita Discount Tire in beautiful Rivervale, New Jersey, uh, on Westwood Avenue, and they took care of me. If you got any issues with your car, if you got any issues needing tires, whatever the hell it may be, go see Johnny. 
uh, go see Ari, and they will take care of you. Tell them Joe sent you. All right. What's, go- what's going on with you? What's, what's happened to the Yankees? I mean, really, what the hell has happened to this team? I mean, and if they didn't get saved the other night by Donaldson in that game against Tampa, they lo- they almost got swept in that series. You know, Donaldson hit that grand slam to save him and win that game. And then last night they get bombed, as I mentioned, by Toronto. Frankie Montas gives up six runs and whatever, six innings, whatever it was. He's had two starts, one against the Cardinals, one against uh, a t- a Toronto. He got beat up in both of them. The Yankees are 17-25. and 25. They're eight games under 500 in July and August. And I think in August itself, I think the record now is like 4-12. and 12. I believe the Yankees are 4-12 and 12 in August. What's going on with this team? You know, they're very fortunate they have built up this massive lead early on. I mean, the Yankees have gone from this juggernaut comparison to the, you know, 114-win World Championship 1998 team to now Yankee fans are like, you know, uh, are we going to be able to hold on and win the division? And I don't see how they're not with the, with the lead they have now, nine games, whatever it is, eight games, whatever it is. I don't see how they're blowing that, but they are not playing well. And you got to, you're a Yankee fan. You got to be worried. Giancarlo's still out. How about Giancarlo? Because this guy is, this guy's always hurt. I mean, you, you just, you can basically just pencil Giancarlo in for missing a month, month and a half every season, six to eight weeks every season with injuries. He's always freaking hurt. The guy's a specimen. He's hurt constantly. That's hurting him big time. The Matt Carpenter injury really has hurt the Yankees. I mean, he was uh, uh, from the left side getting the job done. What a year he had. 14 homers. He was great for the Yankees. You know, he fouled a pitcher off his toe. He's out. I don't know if if we're going to see him or not again the rest of the year. You know, maybe in the playoffs you'll see him. Uh, I don't know. You know, outside of that, I don't know. You know, LeMayu's been banged up. They finally got Rizzo back. Uh, you know, but he was in a in a prolonged slump once he came back. He was in about a two for 25, although he did get a big double in the game last night, even though it really didn't matter because they got killed by Toronto. I mean, I, I you know what? I, if I'm a Yankee fan, I'm concerned. I don't love this. St- outside of Nesta Cortez, I don't love this starting pitching. I still don't understand why they traded Jordan Montgomery and May- uh, Gum- uh, why they traded Jordan Montgomery away basically for nothing for a center fielder, Harrison Bader, that hasn't even seen the field yet. I don't think he's going to be available till September. That made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. I, I mean, the Yankees right now are in trouble. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say. Gleyber Torres is in town. How bad, how bad is he? He stinks. Let's be real. Gleyber Torres. You got nothing out of this guy. Nothing, nothing, and nothing again. Very major disappointment. Donaldson, he hit the big home grand slam the other day, but he's been a disappointment. Aaron Hicks has been terrible uh, in the outfield. What have you gotten from him? You know, it's kind of right now Aaron Judge and, and a cast of thousands, you know? And if Judge doesn't have a monster game, you know, they generally don't win right now. The bullpen hasn't been that good. Clay Holmes is on the injured list now, and he had come back down to earth. You know, Chapman has had his problems. You saw it the other night in the game against Tampa. He gave it up. Even though the Yankees came back to win that game, you know, he gave it up in the top of the 10th inning. You got to be worried. Garrett Cole's been up and down. Some games he looks like the greatest pitcher in baseball, and some games he looks like, you know, he gives up three home runs in the first inning, which we've seen this year. So I don't know. I, I don't know what, to, like I said, Cortez has been their best pitcher. I, I don't know what to make of where the Yankees are right now. Is this just a blip on the screen? And once they get completely healthy, you get Gene Carlo back, LeMayu's healthy and all of that. You know, maybe Montas gets himself straightened out. You know, it's still only a couple starts. You know, it's a, it, it's, it's like a culture shock going from the crummy Oakland A's to pitching for the Yankees now. 
you know, basically with nobody in the, in the ballpark in Oakland to, you know, 45, 50,000 every night at the stadium or whoever they're playing. The Yankees are basically selling out on the road too. So I don't know. I don't know where the Yankees are. I, I would be concerned though. And like I said, thank God for, thank God for them that they built up this big lead. Otherwise, who knows where they'd be at this point in time. Anyway, Yankees play Toronto. They got three more games left over the weekend with Toronto at the stadium. And then those two games against the Mets coming up on Monday and Tuesday. So uh, not easy for the Yankees right now either. All right. Before I go, uh, one more thing. One more thing that I I, I want to mention. Uh, we'll get into the Jets. I, I'll say this about uh, real quick. I don't want to get too crazy. The Jets will play their next preseason game Monday night against the, the Falcons at, at uh, MetLife. Um, they're, they're scrimmaging with them this weekend at Florham Park. Uh, Joe Flacco is going to start opening day against the Ravens. I actually got no problem with that. I think the Jets have a better chance to win that game with Flacco playing. And you, and it's and what a storyline it is. Flacco, even though I love to see Mike White get a chance, but, you know, Flacco starting against his old team, against the Ravens. He's going to be pumped for that game. I feel better about that game now, to be very honest. I got to tell you. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I would not play Flacco in the preseason. I would not. There's no reason to expose him to an injury uh, at this point. You know, uh, I guess Mike White's going to play. I hate to see him get exposed to an injury too, but whatever. But we'll see how that plays out. So uh, Jets, uh, Monday night, uh, they will play their preseason game against Atlanta at MetLife. And then the Giants play Sunday at MetLife against Cincinnati. That's their next preseason game. All right. Beningo, the Oda Payne podcast. One more thing before I leave. I am working. This is not sports related. I am working on my all-time. I don't don't know if people realize or not what a music guy I am. Now, my music spans from the 50s through the 80s, and it kind of stops after that. But I got a solid four decades in there. I'm into a lot of different stuff. Uh, I am working on my all-time top 100 list of songs. Not just rock, not just whatever. All music, period. It'll be from... You know, it'll be from Frank Sinatra to the Beatles. Uh, it'll be from the the Doors uh, to the Strawberry Alarm Clock. So that's coming, and uh, I'm working on it now. All the love, everybody. Have a great weekend.